It's a good thing I partially. It's a good thing I partially edit these. But, you know, patrons they get the full. They get the full effect. This is an ep- <laughs> right. They get the undiluted misery. Yes, this is episode two fifty two of the illustrious gentlemen. It's a podcast with Scott Godleski, myself, Ryan Cody. We're the art team on Justice League versus Legion of Superheroes, episode four. Episode four, issue four, is out next week, Tuesday the 19th. Uh, pick it up. Pick up all the previous three issues. Uh, and also, you can support both of us via our, via our Patreons. Scott apparently has one. It's patreon.com slash scottygod. Mm-hmm. And I have one that's patreon.com slash super75studios. I give access, early access, and video access to the podcast. Uh, I occasionally do uh, essay, personal essays. I put up a personal travel essay today. Mm-hmm. I uh, occasionally do work in progress stuff, but not as much as I should. Um, what do you offer your patrons, Scott? Uh, I, uh, nothing more than what you get on Twitter, really. I, I, I don't know what to do. I, I would do process videos and stuff, but I don't have a... At the moment, I don't have a, a quiet space in which to do that. So that will be forthcoming, hopefully, in a few weeks. But no, just uh, it, it, tell me. You know, Just tell me what you want. Yeah, uh, tell them. I'm taking suggestions. At ScottyGod. On Twitter. Not yeah, on Instagram. Do at me. Yeah, at him. Um, so check out both those Patreons if you want. Uh, and uh, that's it. Go to TigShow.com for all of your Tig Show needs. There's a link there for merch. There's a link there for every episode. Um, everything you need. I would like to say I'm going to start putting supplemental material on there, but we all know I'm lying. I'll try, though. If I can remember what we're talking about. It used to be easier because I used to listen to the entire podcast as I edited it. But now I don't edit the podcast. So I forget what we talk about because um, I have memory issues. I'm uh, I'm an older gentleman of a certain age, so I forget what we talk about. Uh, I'm also imbibing way too much these days. Tonight's no exception. Um, apparently last week when I was talking about being in Washington, D.C., I referenced being in Chicago. I referenced being in Baltimore. I referenced multiple cities when I was talking about When this. you were referring to D.C.? Yes. Oh, I didn't pick up on that at all. Well, of course, but you don't pay attention. What? TigShow.com for all your Tig Show needs. This is 252 episodes of this magic. Once again, I know you're on the sauce. The new 252. You're on the sauce, but you're just not on the sauce when you talk to me. Is that where we're I at? I got to work after this. Oh, my gosh. I know you do. My deadline is two days after your deadline, so... Uh, <laughs> Happen. All right. Moving on. Oh, so what I'm drinking. Sorry, there's no moving on. I actually picked up some, uh, some beers today at King's Beer and Wine in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, I was hip to that by uh, Mike Banks, who owns Samurai Comics. He told me to check that place out. I have. I have a Harlan Brewing, which I like. I've had a Harlan Brewing beer before. They have cool mm-hmm. graphic. You can't see it because my lighting's terrible, but cool, simple typography, good graphic design. It's not Harlan County, but it's Harlan Brewing. Harlan Brewing, uh, Rumbler, Double Dry Hopped Pale Ale, 5.4%. So if you want all the bitterness of an IPA without all the good alcohol content, 
you get this. Um, I, I'm trying to figure out where this company is from, but again, my lighting in here. Oh, San Diego. Which is, I hear, is having a Comic-Con next week. I don't know if you've what, heard about it. What is this? Yes, 5.4%, uh, double dry hopped, pale ale. I don't know what any of that means. Uh, Rumbler. I do like the can art, so we're going to try that. I have been drinking cranberry vodka sodas all night because I'm trying to join a sorority. I'm pledging. But I feel like that's that. I feel like I shouldn't say that anymore. I'm trying to join a frat, and they're all into energy drink cranberry vodka drinks. Mm. Yeah. Assholes. Metrosexual fraternity. Yeah. Well, toppy, and I'm not going to get the eight percent I want out of this. Though, at least nobody will get what they want out of this podcast. Uh, there we go. Anything, anything else? Uh, what TikTok? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about um, the fact that I have no internet. So if this disconnects at any point, my hotspot runs out. Ooh. Because apparently, it takes two and a half we weeks. Built an excuse. So it has two and a half weeks. For some dude who works for Cox Cable to show up at my house, charge me $100 to screw in a modem. So that's where we're at. Uh, so I haven't watched anything. I'm watching, I'm rewatching DVD shit. Like, you know, box sets that I bought on Blu-ray and DVD before streaming was a thing. <laughs> well, before HBO streaming was a thing. Let's put it that way. I'm watching right. HBO box sets. Right. Uh, but I'm going to save those. season four friends right now. Yeah, I'm going to save those for, uh, I'm going to save what I'm watching for my Rex. Um, but so I haven't been streaming anything. I did, as we were moving out of our last place, uh, the internet, the power was still connected. The internet was still connected. So we did finish off the boys season three when we should have been packing and cleaning. And uh, I, I wrecked it last week, so I don't need to talk about it anymore. Other than the fact that it might be my current favorite television show currently in production. No, there's no might for me. It's yes. It sits at the top. It's so fucking good. It's so I'm consuming crap. a lot of TV right now. And but I can confidently say, yeah, that's yeah. That stands alone. It's so good. Um so yeah, I just moved. That's new, but that doesn't who cares? Other than the fact that I don't I gotta stop moving in the summer in Phoenix. I'm like a fucking <laughs> idiot. I'm like the dude who just like uh do you ever watch Boardwalk Empire? Another HBO box that no. I own. There's a character on there who flagellates himself because he hates himself. And that's me. I'm like, oh, it's July. Let's move. Let's fucking do that. And my my wife, you know, the, the, the financial supportive part of the family is like, maybe we should hire movers. And I'm like, that's pointless. I'll do it. That's right. <sighs> Shout out to my brother. My kid was going to help me. A young buck of 19. Wait, 22. However old yeah, he is. Close. He was going to help me. Uh, and then he got sick and couldn't. So my, my brother who's older than me had to help me, but he's much stronger than me. So I think I did okay at the end. My brother's a bear. He's just not gay, but he's like that, like picture a bear. And that's my brother. Is there a word for that? Burly? Uh, Yeah. Heterosexual bear. I don't, I don't know. Okay. Um, so yeah, I moved, um, before I get into my last TikTok note, do you have any TikTok? Anything you want to talk about you've been consuming that you're, that's not a wreck? That's but not a wreck. Not necessarily you hate. You said something in the group chat this morning. You're you kind of 
you're kind of uh, middle of the road on the show. You can... That's cool. That's fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What was it? Westworld. Oh, Westworld. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I said, I said I enjoyed it, but I couldn't remember how many seasons I had watched, which isn't necessarily a good thing when you say you like a show. I think the first episode of season one was the best episode. With Cyclops. And it has continually stepped down from there. And by the time I got to the end of season two, I was... It, so having done what it is that we do for as long as we have, you... It, it it feels like you're more in a place to be able to identify just things about other creative endeavors because every everything you see and everything you consume every second or every panel or every page or whatever is a choice yeah, that was made yes and yeah so it's it, you get you, you know what those choices feel like and you know sort of the uh, the background or whatever I, I don't know what the word is for going into that but by the end of season two the vibe that was coming off of the show was it was a direction and a premise that the producers were more in love with than the audience was. I, I, I can only gauge audience of one cause I only know my own thoughts, but by the end of season two, I was, I, I maybe the show was getting too smart for them. They were overthinking or outthinking themselves. I don't know. Is it, po is it uh, possible it's getting too smart for you? You know, no, I don't think that's the case. I feel like that was the case with like uh, only murders in the building. Like, <laughs> I, I don't. I, 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 it, I must be the problem. Whoa! Like, I must Whoa. not be smart enough. I'm a big. We've talked about this. I'm to, a, to get it. I'm a big Selena Gomez fan. We have talked about this, but but so you've got Jonathan Nolan as one of the showrunners. I assume it's the same Johnny Nolan. Yeah, his brother's pretty famous, right? But he writes all of his brother's movies. Yeah, that's that's not always the best part of those movies. Uh, no, and then you've got Abrams as an executive producer. So you've got the mystery box combined with the. Uh, what oftentimes is usually a solid premise executed in, in the most boring way possible. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't want to spoil anything for you, but I can't remember where I stopped watching. Have they left the park? Has a certain other famous actor from another famous show shown up yet? At the end of to 
Thandie Newton, spoilers, who is now... I can't think of her name. Aware. She's aware. No, no. Um, oh, she's Tessa someone else. Thompson. Yes. Has, is, has, is leaving the park. Oh, okay. So season three is my least favorite season. <laughs> Oh, good. So if you're if you're already kind of out the, one foot out the door, season three is where I started being on my phone during most of the episodes because the show is called Westworld, right? And season three takes it into MTV's The Real World, and I'm not, I don't, I'm not watching, I'm not watching a show about androids in America. That's a different, that's a podcast series I'm starting, Androids in America, but. I'm interested in Westworld and the other worlds in the Helix. I was hoping for like a Oh, you're going to see you're going to see more of them, trust me. There's more of them. It's not the only world. But uh season 3 it was too much real world shit and not enough cool world shit. Like and like there's nothing special about the the hosts. They're not like super people. They're not like your traditional androids who have super strength and you know are invulnerable and shit. They're just like fake people. That's not interesting yeah, but, to me. But can't they, am I misremembering or can't they like download fighting? Can they be like Neo in the matrix? Can they download Kung Fu and shit? I'm sure that's a thing that they could do, but I don't recall that being done. All right. Yeah, whatever. So that, that is a thing that I have consumed that I do not recommend. Cause I okay. guess that's a separate part of the show. Season one of Westworld, I really, really enjoyed. And season two, I enjoyed slightly less. All right. Um, I have one other note in the, in the, it's technically a group document, but you're never in there or rarely in there. Um, I just want to really quick touch on the fact that uh, Oni Press is doing more layoffs. I don't know if you noticed a couple weeks ago, uh, James Lucas Jones, who was a guest on this podcast, Uh, and Charlie Chu, who early in my career, I haven't talked to him lately. Like, and when I say lately, I mean within the last like decade. But very early in my career, Charlie was one of the very few editors who would like respond to my emails. And even if he wasn't like, you know, if I put in a pinch in, a pitch in, he would say like, "Oh, we'll look it over. We'll get back to you." Or if I followed up on something, he would always follow back. Which a lot of editors at a lot of companies that do self-publishing properties and stuff, they don't always get back to you if ever. So Charlie always did that very early in my career. And uh, James has always been a great dude. Uh, They were laid off a couple weeks ago. Today, uh, two more editors, uh, Alex Segura, who was a VP of sales, I think, and a friend of the program. And Henry Barajas uh, was also a – he was like their um, retail liaison guy. So a lot of them, four more people got let go today. So there's almost no one there anymore. And – it's the 25th year of Oni, and it's just a fucking bummer that, I mean, the, the, they're still there. They, they still, mer- you know, they have a merger with the Lion Forge, I guess, but it's just a bummer. Like, they're the biggest independent, in my mind, like, I had a boom and shit like that. They've been around. Like, I read Oni comics that Mafu drew that Kevin Smith right. wrote. Like, that's Oni. Like, they've been around forever. Uh, so what's happening now is just... Super fucking sad. So I just wanted to bring attention to the fact that a lot of really great people work there and a lot of great people now seem to be out of work. Yeah, and hopefully, a bummer, man. hopefully they all have other shit lined up. They just haven't announced it yet, but it's fucking weird. That's all. I just Terrible. wanted to 
I wanted to bring attention to it. It's just fucking weird the way that once a company gets lined up with a bigger media company or something like that, shit just seems to fall apart. You know, like once you're bought by an entertainment company and their whole goal is to sell your IP and sell your, you know, sell the company instead of the property or give a shit about the creators, things seem to go south. So I just want to raise a glass to the Oni press crew, James Lucas Jones. I'll just keep talking. Scott muted his mic because that dog won't shut up. Yeah. Shout out to them. Yeah, it fucking sucks. Yes. All right. Today's topic, uh, pros and cons about making comics either by yourself or with a team. This is brought on by uh, something you – I don't really want to link too much to the tweet, but uh, you had a screenshot of a tweet. I think I used the word triggered. This was something you sent this morning that kind of triggered this idea. Snowflake. Problematic word. Um, but it's funny. So the tweet was something like, uh, you know, uh, artists can hire writers as well as writers can hire artists. So it made us think about collaboration in comics. Uh, just yesterday, I was talking to my studio mate Gonzo, and that he was saying like, or I was saying that even though it's a lot of work, anyone can make a comic, right? If, as long as you have a pencil and paper, you can make a comic. It's like basketball. It's like soccer. They're the easiest sports to pick up because as long as you can afford a ball, you can play. Um, so it's easy to get into, but like, uh, so it's a field that open that's open to everyone, but it doesn't mean that you're going to make a good comic or be a good soccer player. Like I played soccer for about 12 years from the time I was like five until the time I was like 18, I played organized soccer and I never was a starter. And I was the only, I was the only senior at my high school who didn't make varsity. Like it was a given. I might be the only senior in history at that high school. So not like varsity. Like it was basically a given. You were promoted. All seniors were on the varsity team, and I was not. Uh, but I was still. I can still say I was a soccer player for 13 years. I just that was never the top of my field. And I think a lot of that goes into comic. Anyone can make a comic. Is what I'm trying to say. You don't have to be good to make a comic. Oh yeah. Right. So we're going to talk about a little bit about uh, either making a comic by yourself or with a team and the pros and cons of that. Um, I fall hard on one side of this, hard on one side of this argument. Um, And I'm going to say you do too, but you want to fall hard on the other one. You know, it's like, you know, one's six inches, one's nine. You want to fall hard on one, but you're really more comfortable on the other. (laughs) So two ways. Two ways to go about this, solo and as a team. And for solo, I didn't go someone who has to do everything, but I considered someone who writes and draws. So they have 100% of the storytelling, the majority of the storytelling decisions. I don't want to cast shade on letterers and colorists because there are storytelling decisions that are made in the colors and uh, yes. placement in the balloons and for letter. There's a storytelling decision to go on. But sure. by the time it gets to the colorist – uh, 80 to 90% of the storytelling is done. So I think if you write and draw a book, it's considered a solo book. Do you agree with that? Or are you trying to go more, you're trying to go more like super indie? Like I colored this shit with crayons. Right. Copy you, Kinkos, yeah, you what made you it. Trying? Staple it yourself. That's right. Uh, I I think in this equation, the only thing we're talking about is the writer and line 
artist slash colorist. If that you know, if that's going to be a bundle, is the, the the writer and or it being a writer, there being a writer at all, a writer that only writes. Right. Okay. okay. So first, and and then right. everything else is a separate category. Okay. So for solo, in my notes for solo, I put. Uh, a book like Bone, a book like Sin City, and a book like Hellboy, even though Hellboy probably had more editorial oversight than Sin City or Bone, but they're still singular visions. And I'm sure people who read more comics than me and people who read more indie comics than me can have, like Street Jim Rugg, Street Angel, I'm sure it falls in this category. Um, fuck, man. Uh, um, Cliff Chang's Cat or a Catwoman series that's currently going on. He pencils, inks. He writes, pencils, inks, colors, and letters it. So even oh, though it's a DC, even though it's a DC book, it is an entirely singular vision. So that's kind of how I went with this. It was that kind of, you know, that kind of mentality. Um, so let's talk about the pros of that. The pros of being a single creator putting out your own book. Uh, what do you What do you think? Is that, I, 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 let me Let What's me real quick. I just want to, uh, I, I, like, uh, I'm not a professional. Well, I don't know. Sorry. I keep wanting to slip. I just had my brother-in-law in town and his name is Scott. So when my wife and I talk about who we're talking, when we say Scott, she'll say my Scott. And when I talk about you, I'll say my Scott. <laughs> but, but, but her Scott, who's also our Scott, is. Uh, but not my his, Scott. His, well, yeah, I don't think you've ever met him. Oh, he was at my wedding. He officiated my wedding and you were yeah. there. So that's Scott. But his nickname is Tater. So I almost just called you Tater because I've been calling Scott uh, Tater for two weeks. Ah. Uh, but I got to think of a better nickname because there can only be one Tater. Yeah. 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 That, you don't want to yeah, have to kill each I, other I over the that. right of Tater. Yeah. So maybe I'll call you Doc because you drink, you drink fucking uh, plum flavored sodas, Pops. Um, Anyways, what's the advantage of being a solo creator? Scott, we've both done solo work. So what do you think is the advantage of that is? Um, saying you did it yourself. I, I, I don't know what, what other advantage there is. Yeah, I have complete storytelling control. No, it, it is yeah, good or bad. I mean, 100%. If, if that's your jam... You know, if that's a thing that's important to you, then that is the way to go. I, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, it, it's not something I'm totally interested in. You know, it's uh, it's something I did recently. I'd like to share the blame. So let's talk about that. Are you it, it, is as artists, we're always insecure. Is that a true statement of yours or do you just like someone to share the workload? I think, you know, what is the, it's the surround yourself with people smarter than you. But in yeah. this instance, it's, you know, surround yourself with people more talented than you. You know, it's always, you always want to be the weakest link. Yes. And more often than not in my work, I am. Yes. Um but you have talked about you. You've shown 
you've done sketches. I've seen them. You've want, you want to do, you have expressed interest in possibly doing something that is 100% you. So is that just scratching an itch? Is that like, let me get it out of my system? Is it, is it a fleeting thing that sometimes you feel that way, but you never, you don't really want to do a um, book. You just want the, you like the idea of doing it over the actuality of doing it. Yeah. It's so much work. Like who would want that? Yeah. Jeff Smith did it right. Simple story, simple illustrations, cash the checks. Like bone is, there's a reason bone is the standard in our industry for creator owned work. Yeah, I mean, it, like Jeff Lemire can draw, um, but, but, but I know, like I, what percentage of his library, though, do you think was drawn by him? Right. 10, 20%? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then you have a dude like, uh, like Phil, Phil Hester, Uncle Phil. Yeah. Uh, he can write, he does write, and he does draw. And he, yeah. I don't, as far as I know, except for the wretch, he doesn't ever do something just himself. So I think he also likes the, he likes the, uh, that's going to be in the cons kind of, I think. But he likes the the back and forth. I think he likes the, you know, I don't know. I'd have talked to Phil. Does he like the the camaraderie and the back and forth and the team thing, or does he just want to do as much work as possible? And it's hard to do if you're drawing the same book you're writing. That's an interesting topic. Over, uh, do I want this, or does it just make more feasible sense to not draw everything I write? Hmm. Um, but also, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, but I do think that like everyone, everyone pretty much can kind of write doesn't mean you're a good writer just means you can kind of write but not everyone can sure. kind of not everyone can kind of draw right like I, anyone, I don't know i not, i think it might be the same i don't I, think so well a shitty story is easier to i'm sorry to say it this way a shitty story is easier to swallow than bad art so so if you had a shitty story and decent art it's easier we all live through the 90s we all love image comics. You can you can take your fucking uh, bushel of shit if it looks like a diamond on the outside, as opposed to the other. If, if it's a shitty story and shitty art, it's not gonna it's not gonna be great. But again, you can do it. That's a comic. It could be the worst fucking thing ever put on paper. That doesn't mean it's not a comic, and doesn't mean you didn't do it. Right, Frank. So knock yourself out, buddy. Uh, but yes, I did. I did a book a couple of years ago. All by my, I, I lettered it. I toned it. I drew it. I've done about forty pages of a book called Sunshine for my Patreon that I abandoned when I started coloring a certain DC book. Um, and I think I like. It's almost like. Uh, oh, I hate to fucking say this because I'm going to sound like a douche. It's kind of like jazz. The way I work when I do a solo book douche. is I don't work. I don't work from a full script. I kind of just feel where I'm going. I kind of flow. I, I, I letter after I draw the page. I scat a little bit around the office. I put on a hat, you know, like, you know, I got a special Everybody jacket. Everybody likes jazz. Yeah. Uh, but that's how I work when I do all the, the pieces to the, when I, when I'm in charge of the pieces of the puzzle, that's how I work. And I don't think that's the best way to work. 
because I don't work that way when I do a work for hire book or I'm part of a team. I don't work that way. So it's not, it's not the best way I think for me to work. Yeah. I, I don't think I would ever be interested in working a hundred percent alone. Um, I don't think I'm any good with, letters so i would probably look to someone else to do that stuff um my colors are probably not professional level colors so if i was going to do a solo book then i would probably also look to have somebody do that or just do it in black and white um and I would almost certainly, if not hire outright an editor, I would look to. S- I, w- I would lean heavily on the advice and constructive criticism of professional writers that I trust. Yeah. Yes, I'm just now realizing notes that I put in our Discord chat this morning. I did not put it in my Google Docs note, but that was one of them is like, yeah, if you're going to do a book 100% by yourself. Yeah, so if you have a trusted person, get someone to read a trusted writer. Yeah, I don't, I'm not looking at it now, but yeah, the tweet I sent you this morning was, it was something like artists, you can hire writers too. It goes both ways, something like that. Uh, hire an editor yes I think that's the way to go it's uh, when you're talking about hire I think that's a different working relationship than collaborating so if you get an email from a writer who thinks your stuff is cool he says do you want to do something and you guys jam on something together that's different than him having a script already done and just looking for someone to draw it. And so if I had a, a concept that I was interested in turning into a comic, I don't think I go out and hire and uh, a writer to write the, the book that's in my head. That doesn't feel like a fair relationship to them or to me. Right. Because you can, because you can, yeah, it, it is a difference between writing and drawing because I mean, again, that, that's I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll reiterate it. Everyone has written and whether it's good or not, everyone has grown up. If you've completed 12 years of, uh, of uh, basic schooling, everyone has written essays, stories, fiction. Everyone has done short stories. Everyone has written something. Not everyone has drawn sequential comics. So you don't need a writer. If you if you if yes. you can draw comics competent, competently, you don't need a writer. You need an editor to tell yeah, you and, how to at a word your story spend their entire lives, you know, uh, unconsciously telling stories when mom asks you at the dinner table how your day was you're telling a story every night right 
you're lying and to we your consume mother so much stuff when you watch tv you're consuming stories like we said before modern audiences are so uh narrative savvy and sophisticated at this point after having consumed so much stuff that intuitively you just kind of know what is good and what is bad at least if you've been paying attention so right yes so i think if you're going to judge which is easier for a lay person to do i think yes it's probably putting words down on paper um I, I I think everybody I think the same amount of people that can write competently can probably draw competently. But but no but but so compe- far no no it, competently being able to tell a story and and still pictures across a page effectively um that population is much smaller than can effectively do that in prose. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I agree. I disagree that uh, competent visual storytelling is as easy as competent literal storytelling. I didn't say um, that. You, I said so the you, opposite basically said, you basically said if you can write competent, competently, you can draw competently. Yes. I disagree with that. But I will say, my last note but here no, is... Drawing and comics are not the same thing. You're conflating yeah. those things. <laughs> you're, you're right. It's a me problem, which seems to be a me problem. Um, yeah, so I will say, like, uh, the my, my biggest pro in doing a comic by yourself is if you have a story that you feel has to be told in a way that only you can tell it and you can draw and you can write, then that that is in the pro column for me for doing a book solo. If you feel like you're the only person that can tell this story or the, you're the only person that can tell this story in a new way or competently or entertainingly or something like that, then knock yourself the fuck out. And if you're one of the rare, if you're one of the unicorns that can do both visual storytelling and uh, literary storytelling competently and you can put it together into a solid package then fucking good for you, man. I share a studio with a guy who's finding success doing that kind of thing. And that doesn't, uh, that's not something that I think I can, I can do at the highest level because I don't think I fucking have a story in me that I care enough about. And I think that's what it is. It's, 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 it's it, a lot of it is talent. Let's say 80% talent. 20% has got to be passion. Only I can do this. Only I, I'm the one who can do this. And I think that was Jeff Smith with bone. Uh, I think Frank Miller might've had a little bit of that with sin city, but a lot of it was probably like, I just want to draw what I want to fucking draw. And Hellboy is a lot of that, right? My three examples, Hellboy is a yeah. lot of what I want to fucking draw. So let me, let me re-engineer a story to, to make it so that I draw what I want to draw. That's Hellboy. Sin City's a bit of that. And Bone is a lot of that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Previously, I was going to mention Hellboy when we were talking about whatevers. Um, but I think 
the first volume of that is a good John sort Byrne. of example of what we're talking about, where Mignola brought in, yeah, John Byrne to script yes. the book. And it, Mignola, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and I mean, objectively, you know, by any measure, no matter who's reading it, that first volume is very different from everything that comes after it. True, but it's not the in best a not Hellboy. good way. It's not the best Hellboy volume. Right? No, <laughs> right, right. But yeah, that is a good point. That is a good point. I didn't think about it. Was even Mignola, who was still fairly early in his career, he's not, I mean, it's not like he's fucking super, super old. Yeah, he felt like he had he had to bring someone in to polish his ideas, write his script, that kind of thing. And then I think he quickly realized, like, I can do this. He probably said that when the first script came in. He's probably like, "Fuck, there's four more issues of this because I could do this," you know. And that might, that might that's that's the whole that's yeah. The but uh, yeah, thing also without that that without his experience on that first volume, you probably don't get the rest of the Hellboy that everybody loves. It's probably either doesn't you know continue or continues to something very different. You know, I, I imagine he took that experience and learned a lot about what it was that he wanted. So, right. I, so yeah, it depends on the person, right? I mean, there there are a lot of there are a lot of guys who do it well, who do both of those things well—the writer artist thing and. I, I I don't know. That's um, you know I'm envious of it to a degree. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I'm interested in. I don't know. It 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 probably changes. Yeah. Day to yeah. day. Yeah. So um, I agree. Yeah. If whatever I, yeah. I guess that's my conclusion. What the fuck ever. Yeah, I agree with you. Sometimes working on your own solo shit is not nearly as fun as you think it would be. Uh, cons. Yeah, we're running. We're already pushing up against it, mate. This might be a two-parter. Uh, cons. Uh, working on, the, the, the cons to working on a solo book, my notes are like, it's more work. And uh, <laughs> the biggest thing is not having anyone else to hold you accountable can lead to less than ideal results. If, yes. you're not bouncing, if you're not bouncing ideas off somebody, you're going to have bad ideas. And I think, I think, I, I honestly think that's my biggest problem is I run into issues and I'm like, oh, it's always good to have a second opinion of how would you handle this scene or this interaction, right? And if you're not bouncing that off somebody because you, you're dead set, like I was dead set on, I'm going to do everything on this. I don't think it wields the best results. Um, and also, also one oh, another thing is is when you go solo on a creator owned book, a lot of the time it means you're not getting paid. You're working for free, or you're hoping for back end money. You're hoping to sell your property at some point to get that money back, as opposed to if you're just a hired gun on a team book, you might be getting a page rate, you might be getting a paycheck every two weeks. Um, so it's not it, it's not it, it's not feasible for a lot of people. So. Again, getting the paper at home and drawing, whatever, that's feasible for everybody. 
Um, but if you're trying to make a living at it, you can't be inking your pages in Sharpie on fucking typing paper and hope that you're going to get make a living, right? Like, yeah, it, um, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> absolutely nobody should be doing or, or should be pursuing any creative endeavor in a vacuum. If you're only if the only critical voice throughout the entire process is your own, then you're fucked. you're in trouble. Yes. Um, there, there's, you know, I, I think one of the things I heard growing up was, you know, if it, uh, if it, what you're doing doesn't excite you, how can you expect anybody? It, it, that sort of thing. Like if you're not excited about it, if you don't like it, then, um, and there's merit to that, but also you are creating something most times for an audience. Um, so if you want the audience to consume it and to pay to consume it, then it's going mm-hmm. to have to appeal to them. Right. It can't be an audience. You. Yeah. It can't be just an audience of you. Cause that's how you, that's how you turn into someone who storms the Capitol on January 6th. If you're only accountable to yourself. Right. Yeah. Um, um I guess that, yeah. yeah, we, we can't all be George Lucas. Sell Star Wars for four billion dollars, and then just makes private films for himself for fun. Right, but also the best Star Wars films weren't written or directed by George Lucas. Yeah, so, yeah. Teamwork, luckiest is, man in Hollywood. Teamwork is how the dream works. Um, yeah, I wanted to make a point here. Like uh, I said, that you're not getting paid. I just want to point out if you can get crowdfunded up front, you are oh, getting sure. paid. But very few people. I guess it depends what your goals are. If your goal is to pay your, to make a living and pay your bills, I can make way more money doing work for hire than I could ever make on a crowdfunded oh, project. Oh yeah, yes. So it doesn't doesn't make sense for me personally. Um, excuse me. <coughs> um. So yeah, agree. I agree. I think personally, as someone who did a hundred and thirty something page solo book that you can now buy. Sold more copies of that at Heroes than anywhere else. Uh, I do think I would have benefited greatly from an editor saying, "Give me the script. Give me the next twenty pages of the script. Don't draw it and write it at the same time." Very few people, I think, are good enough storytellers to not have a script. Like I was, I didn't have a script. I drew it and then I scripted it and then I lettered it. And I, I would be hard pressed to find someone who did a compelling book that way not that i'm saying my book's not compelling i sold a shitload of heroes uh but i think They're in the all future, over north carolina i think in the future and when i revisit sunshine on patreon patreon.com slash super studios uh when i revisit that i might rewrite a lot of it i might bring in someone else to just be like hey man where here's my script where where do i go from here because I just, uh, as much as I love working on it, and that's the thing, you love working on your own shit more than you love working on corporate shit. The problem is corporate shit is easier, less of a headache, and pays way more. And you know it's going to be decent, or like you said earlier, if it's a piece of shit, it's a piece of shit spread out among seven piles and not a piece of shit spread out like... uh, like uh, Bill Paxson in fucking Weird Science. Was that Bill Paxson in Weird Science that was turned into a piece of shit? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yes. 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 Uh, so I think I personally, I can only speak for myself. I personally would have benefited greatly from having an editor uh, when I do my creator own book, uh, even if it's just a sounding board, you know, because you yes. still, I, I could still be like, fuck you. Like I'm doing what I want to do. And I think your notes, while I, while I agree, why I validate you, your notes, I'm going to still make this decision whether it's right or wrong. That's different than, like, that's still an important thing. Someone telling you, like, that doesn't make sense. And, yeah, and yeah. being able to say, like, well, I'm still going to do it, that still is better than you just doing it and not having anyone tell you it's a bad yes. decision. Yeah. You need somebody asking you questions. That's yeah. whenever I've written anything and then had somebody else um, look at it. Uh, the thing that I kept running into the most was not explaining things. When you're doing your own thing, you've already got all the shit up here already. So it's easy for you to skip over pieces yes. of information that an audience needs to make sense of what you're trying to do. Yes. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's like talking, it's like living or talking with a spouse or a roommate. You're like, didn't we talk about this? And they're like, no, but in your head, you thought you've had this conversation. You thought everything was squared away. Um, right. but the story but makes sense not. to you because you got all the information yeah. up here. Yes, yeah. exactly. Uh, yeah, and I also think um, it's important to have someone, again, you can be the boss and still have someone on your team tell you, oh, you're late on these pages, you're going to miss this deadline, uh, if you want to if you want to print it, you should pay, you know, if, you wanna, if you're going to kickstart it, you should charge this for the book. It's good to have that second opinion, and it's okay to be the guy who's like, no, I'm doing this, no, I'm doing that. Um. So I think I would also benefit from having personally, I would benefit from having someone keep me on task, keep me focused. Where's this week's pages? Where's this week's, uh, you know, what are we going to do with this? What are we going to do with that? Uh, I think that would help me as someone who has a certain level of OCD that needs structure, uh, but also the freedom to overwrite that structure. I think that would help me out. So uh again, if I do another solo book after the one and a half that I've done or whatever, I would probably try to factor in a way to pay a writer that I trust to edit the book, yeah. not co-write it. Maybe co-write it. I don't know. Co-write, edit. I don't know. But I think having a sounding board is important and having someone to reel you in and uh, schedule you, I think is super important. Yeah, I I don't think any good work goes unchallenged. Every time we talk about stuff like this where collaboration is sort of the topic, I think about that, uh, that documentary extra on the Incredibles DVD about Brad Bird coming to work at Pixar for the first time and him going in and having this idea and telling the whole thing and then him explaining as they go along by the end, you know, all of these ideas he had that he thought were really strong, you know, um, ended up not being what he thought through collaboration, the weaker parts fall away, the stronger parts get stronger. And, you know, that, 
it's going to happen even in I don't know I was going to say even in bad collaboration it's probably a net positive for the project but I don't yeah. know if that's true but, but anyway it doesn't it, fuck it whatever yeah, yeah. Earlier, that's my point. Earlier. Is that yeah, it, 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 a good it, collaboration and especially good collaboration will only make the project better. So the more eyes and the more opinions you can get, the better. Yeah, earlier we were talking about Westworld, and uh, I, I want to really make it a point whenever we because we do talk about a lot of TV and movies on this. I, I, I can't hammer home enough that we're not really talking shit about the people who work on the show. I think we're more, and I think we, I think it comes out like that, but I think we're really, they're making such different storytelling decisions than you and I would have made that it's, yes. confusing. it's confusing to us. Yeah. But, that, but I do, yes. I do want to say that they're all doing their fucking best, especially with the yeah. budgets they have, with the time restraints they have. No one's doing a shitty job on purpose. Um, you and I just we we deconstruct storytelling in every visual media because that's our jobs, and we're just confused why certain decisions are made. But again, uh, all of this is our personal opinions, and we do take into account and respect everyone who works on everything because you and I both know as people who work on everything, like it's fucking hard to be part of a team, just like it's hard to be solo. It's hard to be part of a team with no budget, with no, with a rudderless ship, or with, uh, you know, any other myriad of issues. Everyone's doing their best at all times. For the most sure. I I right. don't think. No one okay, wants. I don't a think not doing your best is equivalent to doing a bad job. I don't. I don't think everybody sets out to do the absolute best they can every time, but I do think that nobody sets out to do a bad job. Okay. I'll agree with that. So moving on now to team books or collaborative book. Uh, again, you might have, a, uh, I did, I differentiate this between a uh, different uh, writer who has an artist or an artist who has a writer. Again, there's maybe so many steps in here. Maybe there's an editor, maybe there's a colorist, maybe there's a letterer. Everyone makes storytelling decisions. But basically, if there's more than one person, if people are going back and forth on storytelling decisions, it's a team book. Um, I think the pros of this is splitting up the labor, for one thing. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to start giving writers the same labor statistics that artists have. But you're splitting up the labor. Uh, but more importantly, you're getting fresh input, new ideas. And also, it, it may sound counterintuitive if you have, if you're a dude who has like, oh, I have this idea. It's a story I can tell, though, whatever the fucking bullshit is. Uh, collaboration is fun. And like you said, being challenged is makes a better story. And yeah. being challenged is fun. What are you going to do on a Tuesday night? You're going to fucking watch the next episode of fucking... The Sin City or Sin City reboot, <laughs> the fucking Sex in the City reboot, or are you going to go back and forth with your collaborator on what's the best way to tell this scene? That shit is fun. Like popping up your phone, this guy says this, I'm going to fucking say this. That is fun. That's storytelling. That's work. Uh, I enjoy that kind of shit. So to me, that's the pro. I like 
I like everything about it. I like when I get pages from you and I'm like, and you know, and I'm like, Hey man, can I do this? And you're like, you know, you're like, I did this on purpose or you're like, I don't care. Like whatever. That's all collaboration. That's fun. Right. Cause otherwise I would just be by myself. Having a teammate is fun. Having, you know, playing soccer is probably more fun than being a tennis player. I would imagine. Right. Cause yeah. And yeah. 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 Yes, challenge. That's sort of a uh, kind of a loaded word, huh? Um, not a bad word. No, not in this instance. I don't. Yeah, yeah it's definitely not a bad word. Um, yeah, um, in the context in which we're using it, is somebody has construct criticism that they think will make the project better. Um, Have you ever had times when you've gotten a note and you've pushed back on the note and said, this is actually why I made this decision. And then you fought for the decision that you made and ended up sticking with that. You know, uh, honestly, it, I don't think I have in a situation where I'm the lowest man on the totem pole okay does that make sense sure if i'm an equal you know i think there were times on when i did doc unknown that i that i drew and colored um that i would fight back and be like well this is why i made this decision and let me know if you want me to change it that's the key word man especially when someone's paying you like out of their pocket is let me know if you want me to change it because they know it's a lot of work um you don't get a lot of bite back on that uh but if it's a book where I'm the, you know, honestly, you know, if it's, if it's a just, if it's this book we're doing together right now, any note I get, I'm going to make that change because I feel like I'm the newest dude in the team. I want to be a team player. Uh, I, I don't think any decision I make is, I think every, I think decisions I make again as a colorist, but I'm, I'm going to say colorists make storytelling decisions. I'm not going to deny that. But I am going to say there's no decision I make that is more important than what you or Brian have have made. So I'm not going to fight too hard on the book we're on now. Um, but, yeah, if I feel like I'm an equal contributor to the book, I'll fight a little harder for that. And I'll, you know, um, I don't know, uh, agree to disagree and really enforce it that, like, I would rather not make this change. And in my experience, when I do that, they almost always say, okay, that's fine. Like I've never been forced to, I've never had to put out a page that I didn't like because someone told me to, that was the page they wanted. I guess that's the easiest way to say that. Uh, Yeah. So I've never put out work that I've been unhappy with because someone else told me to do it. I've put out plenty of work I'm unhappy with, but not because (laughs) I've been, not because I've been challenged by someone else. Um, I really like this. Like, I think you and I are on the same page. We're both pro pro team books. We both, we like the collaborative effort. We, we, or or, or yeah. we like our, having our role. We like having our role in that. Maybe that's a better way to say it. I don't know. Yes. I like, yeah, I, I, I do. I like the back and forth between me and a talented person that I, respect 
Um, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe part of that is the, the insecure artist thing where you just need validation. Um, yeah. Yeah. You, um, you need affirmation from um, a peer that, oh yeah, your idea is good or yeah, you were right. Something like that. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I have not had an experience where being a part of a team has made the work worse. Um, so that, that's good. And I really haven't, I can't think of a note that I've ever gotten that wasn't just uh, like specific character costume related something or other. Right. I, I can't think of a time where like I, I, I altered the number of panels or uh, yeah, made some choice where I got any sort of question about it. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I guess it really hasn't really happened. I guess there was one page on Copperhead where I, I think I went against the reading order of things. I went, I think I went right to left on something. Unforgivable. And Jay, you know, asked me about it. Uh, but I, I pushed back and I explained my reasoning. And I, um, it was at the time where on DeviantArt, Sean Murphy was doing all the the page flow layout things where he was. Oh, it's always Sean Murphy's fault. Uh, you know, the thing where this leads to that and draws your eye to this and all the bullshit. And yeah. so, so I think oh. I did that on the page. I like drew the eye lines and everything and explained myself. And he's like, yeah, but you know, don't do that. And <laughs> so I, I think I didn't, I think I, I think I, I think I reversed it or maybe I reversed it in, in post or something, but uh, I ended up doing it the way Jay wanted it. Cause I was, Yeah. It wasn't a hill for me to die on. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. It either I I made a conscious decision to do it this way because I was fifty one percent sure that that was the right way to do it. But yes. you know um, I, that one percent, I, I don't care enough about to spend a, a second email on it. So. Yeah. yeah, who gives a shit? Yeah, uh, yeah, my my cons for working on a team book are 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 basic ass bullshit that uh, everyone who doesn't get their way wants to say. Um, there is there is a too many cooks in the kitchen thing, and that is more between writers and editorial, and maybe a very headstrong artist of everyone trying to dictate where they think the story should go. Um, 
I've never had that experience. Again, I've I've always worked one on one with a writer, or one on one with an editor, or one on one with an artist. So I've never had that experience of just sort of fighting back against where the story should go, um, because that's something that should have been that that's something that should be dealt with before the page is ever drawn. That's more of a story. That's more of a script thing. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, if. Yeah, I, that's not a that's not my place, and that's not me just like being a right, you know, being a pansy ass or whatever, or just rolling over. You know, that's, no, that's, it, that's when I'm getting the script. You know, this thing is already, and, and you got to imagine too that you're working in the big two when you're working, and it, it, it's an interconnected interconnected continuity things are affecting other things and they're planning you know two arcs ahead right. already so they're not going to change course right now just because no. your stupid idea yeah especially if you're an artist and, and i can understand if you're an, on a creator own book but again all the this should be dealt with in the script section the script and the plotting parts not the drawing parts but if you're working on a big two book and you're like, I don't think this is how Wolverine would deal with this situation. And you're the artist, like, okay, you're yeah. you're 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 fucking gumming up the works here, man. And we got to keep on trucking. And uh, Wolverine has been written and miswritten more times than you're going to draw Wolverine. So let's yeah, just it, move the fuck on. It, was I there at the <laughs> annual writers summit where they plan out a year's worth no, of stories? No, you you weren't. No? Your writer oh, was. Well, then I guess not. they don't care what I have to say about it. Right. Another con I have on a team, and this is just something that uh, popped into my head earlier today. And this isn't to dig on, on, on the individual or whatever, but your collaborator, either your writer or your artist, they could just disappear on you, like ghost you while you're working on a pitch or working on a property. Um, You know, this, this didn't happen for that, but doc unknown, you know, uh, the writer decided this is the end of Doc Unknown. We're going to do one more volume and it's the end. And I was the hired gun on that. And I didn't really have a say in that, you know, whereas now I go to cons and people are like, is there going to be more? And I said, I don't know. I'd have to email him or call him and see if I can do more. And then I have to crowdfund it and all this other shit. So, you know, it's if you don't own a property and you're working on it, it's easy for someone else to make decisions, which it's kind of a bummer about working on a team book, but it's such a fucking minuscule thing. Like having a team member that can be problematic. It's such a minuscule thing that I don't think, I think when it happens, people think it's a bigger deal than it is. But in my experience in 15 years of trying to make comics, making comics, working in small press, working in larger press, having a problematic team and team member is fucking it doesn't exist it almost is a zero sum issue so those are my cons yeah yeah i agree Te- teamwork makes the dream work man it's easy and it's easy if you got a especially easy if you have an overlord saying we're doing this and <laughs> it's your voice is heard but the decisions get made it's the same thing it's like you know my kids bitching about doing the dishes Dishes are going to get done. So, you know, like that's the way it is in comics. You can say you don't want to wash that dish because maybe you're just going to eat cereal out of it tomorrow morning. 
That's fine. I, I appreciate your note. The spoon is stuck to the bowl in the morning. That dish is getting fucking washed. And then in the morning, you can get it out of the dishwasher. You know, that's that's comics right there. Uh, so my personal uh, my personal hand, hand, hands up if you're teaming up is I'm in for team comics. I appreciate I appreciate everything about working as a team in comics. I love the emails. It's social. It's more social. You get emails. You get to chat with people. I'm fucking into it, man. I'm into working with a team on a comic book. Yeah, agreed. It's more fun than. Uh, yeah. It, it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's as content as I am just to sit alone by myself for hours on end. No, um, yeah, I'd I'd rather be working with other likable, talented people. Totes. Yeah, I love you too, man. Uh, moving on to Rex. Uh, so I'm watching HBO DVD sets that I never got to watch <laughs> HBO because HBO Max didn't fucking exist when I started getting into this shit. Uh, we just finished Rome. And Rome is great. It, ha- it suffers from the Deadwood thing where they knew they were going to cancel it for the second season. So the second season spans like 10 fucking years and from one episode to another might be five years. And they don't explicitly say that, you know, it's brought up in it's brought up in dialogue at some point and they might recast an actor like a child actor or something like that. But it's not it's not expressly. You know, like, uh, I, there's nothing wrong with just saying five years later at the beginning of the episode, okay, I don't need to see oh. a fucking four-year-old running around. After and you're talking fu- down to your audience. Yeah, but, like, the end of episode five might be... This is uh, HBO. Might be Antony and Cleopatra boning, and then the beginning of season six might be a four-year-old running around. That's your... I'm an educated audience member. I fucking get it. But what I'm saying is... There's better ways around that storytelling, but you know, listener, if you're horny and you got a and you got HBO Max and uh, you have a, a slight interest in history and you have access to pomegranates, uh, get yourself watch Rome, watch Rome. Get some wine too while you're at it. Wine, pomegranates, and Rome. Your marriage could do worse. You're welcome. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then we just started season one of uh, True Detective, and I do think the pilot episode of True Detective might be one of the best written episodes. Of Is that on Max? I think I don't know. I think so. Isn't everything on Max? I don't know. I, I don't know if so, that stuff is. It's so fucking good, dude. Yeah, Matthew I'm McConaughey, being, Matthew McConaughey being a fucking weirdo, and Woody Harrelson being a dude who calls out a dude for being a weirdo is <laughs> like the best. The best Matthew McConaughey says shit, and this the reactions of Woody Harrelson. Everyone is Emmy worthy. He should have won forty two <laughs> Emmys for season one, episode one. <laughs> so fucking good, man. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm doing. And uh, once we unpack the, uh, once I unpack my storage unit this weekend, we might go in, back into Game of Thrones, shit like that. Um, mm. But yes, we are watching box sets and shit because we have no internet for another. Nine ten days. Uh, do you have any Rex? Living in the dark ages. Yeah, I know it's fucking Rex. Rex. Um, I'm, I'm hot bef- spotting right now. We're hot before, spotting 
do this podcast. Before I came on, um, finished the second, no, third season? Third season of Barry? That's the new one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Third season of Barry is the newest one. Um, so I fucking good. I think it's a very good show. Yes. Um, Bad. I, I appreciate that it's moved past the focus on his acting, like him yes. being an actor and going to acting class and stuff, because that never really connected with me it 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 felt like the rest of the puzzle was there but there was this piece in the middle that was missing and it was right his desire to be an actor didn't feel like a natural choice for the rest of the right rest of the show it's so good Um, his um i just talked about this watching rome again the best characters on tv are characters who can't who can't fight their nature and Barry is one of those dudes who tries to fight his nature to his detriment. And if you watch Rome, the two main characters of Rome both try to fight their true nature to their detriment. Well, I mean, I, he doesn't have a choice because not fighting it will end up in an equally bad place. Yeah, Fonzie's being a dick. I get that. Um, but yes, it's. I think it's a very good show it has um it has a vibe that is its own um it it it, it's shot in a way that's different from other shows uh it's weird because uh Filmmaking for a comedy and filmmaking for um, a suspense or like a horror thing. Um, that's an overlapping Venn diagram in storytelling in a lot of ways where you you set the camera down and you just go and you let things linger and you go on. It's this. That's the same in a comedy setup as it is for just like a thriller, where you just let the actors go and it plays out and things happen. Um, so marrying those two things together in this show works really well. So kudos to them. It it shares um, a soul with Dexter. It feels it feels the same to me. Yeah, whereas but as Dexter seemed to have gotten worse as it went on, Barry's getting better as it goes on. Eh, I don't know. I mean, three seasons into Dexter, it was still great. Um, but they're using all of the things. It's, yeah, like it, you're taking this premise, and then you wind it up and you let it go, and you just, it, I don't know. It's um, well, it, it it it's it's fascinating, especially for something that's also a, a comedy. Whether you're going to say it's a, a it's a dramedy or an action comedy or whatever, there's there's still the the comedy bit in there. So having, I, I don't know, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I, it, it's it, it's um, it 
it reminds me a lot of Dexter in the way that it tangles a web where they're using every part of the story of Buffalo. Things from season one are coming back to play out in ways that you really didn't expect. And so it's, uh, it's great. And, and I, I like that they aren't, um, you know, polishing him up. They're, they're letting his character be really horrible at times because he's really kind of a horrible guy. Yeah, I think the difference between the two, not not uh, Noho Hank withstanding, because I think I've talked about my love for Noho Hank on this podcast before. Barry. Uh, Barry is um, in Dexter. I think he's a psychopath who's trying to act normal. And in Barry, he's a psychopath who thinks he's normal. Like there's a difference. One one is a soci sorry, one is a sociopath. I, I misused my paths. One is a sociopath who thinks he can he's a normal dude who just is doing this temporarily. And that's Barry. And then one is a sociopath who's trying to convince himself that this isn't what he is from birth, and that's Dexter. Yeah. 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 One thinks it's a choice and one's pretending it's a choice. But they're both good shows. Yeah, yeah, I, they're just, but you know, people that are trying to hide who they are from the people around them because it'll destroy the lives yeah. of everybody that he cares yeah. about. Yes, yeah, I agree. So to wrap up, uh, watch Barry. Yeah, watch Barry. Definitely, so definitely watch that. Definitely watch the fucking boys. Oh my god, just so good. If you like fun Star Trek, watch Strange New Worlds because that shit's great too. Yeah, I'm I think not gonna I pay for that. Whatever. Um, all right. Maybe I'll cancel Netflix and get Paramount Plus. Netflix is fucking worthless. I'm so ready to cancel Netflix, but my kids are on there every fucking day trying to be a good father. But those bitches are riding this 1599 gravy train into the fucking (laughs) dirt because I watch Netflix fucking four times a year, maybe like those dudes are on it all the time. But it's the yeah. it's the worst of the streaming services is Netflix. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, call back to uh, creators who are not told no. Uh, we're getting a fifth season of Stranger Things. Scott, send us home, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Get an editor. <laughs>